Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. The key to understanding the origin and fate of the universe may be a more complete understanding of the vacuum. And no, not the one you use to clean your house. More in a moment. Quantum Magazine is an editorially independent online publication supported by the Simons Foundation to enhance public understanding of science. Millennia ago, Aristotle asserted that nature abhors a vacuum, reasoning that objects would fly through truly empty space at impossible speeds. In 1277, French bishop Etienne Tempier shot back, declaring that God could do anything, even create a vacuum. Then a mere scientist pulled it off. Otto von Guericke invented a pump to suck the air from within a hollow copper sphere. This established perhaps the first high-quality vacuum on Earth. In a theatrical demonstration in 1654, he showed that not even two teams of horses straining to rip apart the watermelon-sized ball could overcome the suction of nothing. Since then, the vacuum has become a bedrock concept in physics, the foundation of any theory of something. Von Guericke's vacuum was an absence of air. The electromagnetic vacuum is the absence of a medium that can slow down light, and a gravitational vacuum lacks any matter or energy capable of bending space. In each case, the specific variety of nothing depends on what sort of something physicists intend to describe. Patrick Draper is a theoretical physicist at the University of Illinois. Sometimes it's the way that we define a theory. As modern physicists have grappled with more sophisticated candidates for the ultimate theory of nature, they've encountered a growing multitude of types of nothing. Each has its own behavior, as if it's a different phase of a substance. Increasingly, it seems that the key to understanding the origin and fate of the universe may be a careful accounting of these proliferating varieties of absence. Isabel Garcia Garcia is a particle physicist at the Kavli Institute for Theoretical Physics in California. What we're learning is that there is a lot more to learn about nothing than we thought. A lot of the questions that we puzzle and that we've puzzled for many decades that really requires understanding vacuum stability and vacuum selection. I don't know whether this type of instabilities will prove to be absolutely central to you know, understanding that question, but there is certainly a lot more to learn. How much more are we missing? So far, such studies have led to a dramatic conclusion. Our universe may sit on a platform of shoddy construction, a metastable vacuum, that is doomed, in the distant future, to transform into another sort of nothing, destroying everything in the process. Nothing started to seem like something in the 20th century, as physicists came to view reality as a collection of fields, objects that fill space with a value at each point. The electric field, for instance, tells you how much force an electron will feel in different places, in classical physics, a field's value can be zero everywhere so that it has no influence and contains no energy. 
Here's Daniel Harlow, a theoretical physicist at MIT. Classically, the vacuum is boring. Nothing is happening. You know, like if you think about a gas in a box, all the particles are just sitting there at rest. But physicists learned that the universe's fields are quantum, not classical, which means they're inherently uncertain. You'll never catch a quantum field with exactly zero energy. Harlow likens a quantum field to an array of pendulums, one at each point in space, whose angles represent the field's values. Each pendulum hangs nearly straight down, but jitters back and forth. Left alone, a quantum field will stay in its minimum energy configuration, known as its true vacuum or ground state. Here's Isabel Garcia-Garcia again. When we talk about the vacuum of a system, we typically have in mind, in some loose way, the preferred state of the system. So if you put a block of ice at room temperature, you know, that's going to melt into water and Water is like the vacuum, the preferred state for that bunch of water molecules. Most of the quantum fields that fill our universe have one and only one preferred state in which they'll remain for eternity. Most, but not all. In the 1970s, physicists came to appreciate the significance of a different class of quantum fields whose values prefer not to be zero, even on average. Such a scalar field is like a collection of pendulums all hovering at, say, a 10-degree angle. This configuration can be the ground state. The pendulums prefer that angle and are stable. In 2012, experimentalists at the Large Hadron Collider proved that a scalar field known as the Higgs field permeates the universe. At first, in the hot, early universe, its pendulums pointed down. But as the cosmos cooled, the Higgs field changed state, much as water can freeze into ice, and its pendulums all rose to the same angle. With scalar fields around, the stability of the vacuum is not necessarily absolute. A field's pendulums might have multiple semi-stable angles and a proclivity for switching from one configuration to another. Theorists aren't certain whether the Higgs field, for instance, has found its absolute favorite configuration, the true vacuum. Some have argued that the field's current state, despite having persisted for 13.8 billion years, is only temporarily stable or metastable. If so, the good times won't last forever. In the 1980s, physicists Sidney Coleman and Frank De Lucia described how a false vacuum of a scalar field could decay. At any moment, if enough pendulums in some location jitter their way into a more favorable angle, they'll drag their neighbors to meet them, and a bubble of true vacuum will fly outward at nearly light speed. It will rewrite physics as it goes, busting up the atoms and molecules in its path. But don't panic. Even if our vacuum is only metastable, given its staying power so far, it will probably last for billions of years more. In the potential mutability of the Higgs field, physicists identified the first of a practically infinite number of ways that nothingness could kill us all. As physicists have attempted to fit nature's confirmed laws into a larger set, filling in giant gaps in our understanding in the process, they've cooked up candidate theories of nature with additional fields and other ingredients. When fields pile up, they interact, 
influencing each other's pendulums and establishing new mutual configurations in which they like to get stuck. Physicists visualize these vacuums as valleys in a rolling energy landscape. Different pendulum angles correspond to different amounts of energy, or altitudes, in the energy landscape, and a field seeks to lower its energy just as a stone seeks to roll downhill. The deepest valley is the ground state, but the stone could come to rest, for a time anyway, in a higher valley. A couple of decades ago, the landscape exploded in scale. Physicists Joseph Polchinski and Raphael Busso were studying certain aspects of string theory, the leading mathematical framework for describing gravity's quantum side. String theory works only if the universe has some ten dimensions, with the extra ones curled up into shapes too tiny to detect. Polchinski and Busso calculated in 2000 that such extra dimensions could fold up in a tremendous number of ways. Each way of folding would form a distinct vacuum with its own physical laws. The discovery that string theory allows nearly countless vacuums jibed with another discovery from nearly two decades earlier. Cosmologists in the early 1980s developed a hypothesis known as cosmic inflation that has become the leading theory of the universe's birth. The theory holds that the universe began with a quick burst of exponential expansion, which handily explains the universe's smoothness and hugeness, but inflation's successes come at a price. The researchers found that once cosmic inflation started, it would continue most of the vacuum would violently explode outward forever. Only finite regions of space would stop inflating, becoming bubbles of relative stability separated from each other by inflating space in between. Inflationary cosmologists believe we call one of these bubbles home. To some, the notion that we live in a multiverse, an endless landscape of vacuum bubbles, is disturbing. It makes the nature of any one vacuum, such as ours, seem random and unpredictable, curbing our ability to understand the universe. Polchinski, who died in 2018, told physicist and author Sabina Hosenfelder that discovering string theory's landscape of vacuums initially made him so miserable that it led him to seek therapy. If string theory predicts every imaginable variety of nothing, has it predicted anything? To others, the plethora of vacuums isn't a problem. Stanford University cosmologist and one of the developers of cosmic inflation, Andre Linde, calls it a virtue. That's because the multiverse potentially solves a great mystery, the ultra-low energy of our particular vacuum. When theorists naively estimate the collective jittering of all the universe's quantum fields, the energy is huge, enough to rapidly accelerate the expansion of space and, in short order, rip the cosmos apart. But the observed acceleration of space is extremely mild in comparison, suggesting that much of the collective jittering cancels out, and our vacuum has an extraordinarily low positive value for its energy. In a solitary universe, the tiny energy of the one and only vacuum looks like a profound puzzle. But in a multiverse, it's just dumb luck.
If different bubbles of space have different energies and expand at different rates, galaxies and planets will form only in the most lethargic bubbles. Our calm vacuum, then, is no more mysterious than the Goldilocks orbit of our planet. We find ourselves here because most everywhere else is inhospitable to life. Love it or hate it, the multiverse hypothesis, as currently understood, has a problem. Despite string theory's seemingly infinite menu of vacuums, so far, no one has found a specific folding of tiny extra dimensions that corresponds to a vacuum like ours, with its barely positive energy. String theory seems to yield negative energy vacuums much more easily. Perhaps string theory is untrue, or the flaw could lie with researchers' immature understanding of it. Physicists may not have hit on the right way to handle positive vacuum energy within string theory. Nathan Seiberg is a physicist at the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton, New Jersey. That's perfectly possible. And there's constant improvement on that. People work on it. This is a hot field of research. This is a hot topic of research. Or our vacuum could just be inherently sketchy. Cyber says the prevailing view is that de Sitter space, or positively energized space, is not stable. It's very hard to define what we mean by physics in the Sitter space, partly because it's compact volume. It's a closed universe. And it could decay to something else. So that could explain why it is so hard to understand the physics of it. These researchers suspect that our vacuum is not one of reality's preferred states, and that it will someday jitter itself into a deeper, more stable valley. In doing so, our vacuum could lose the field that generates electrons or pick up a new palette of particles. The tightly folded dimensions could come unfurled, or the vacuum could even give up on existence entirely. Here's Daniel Harlow again. Nothing is one of the outcomes in some sense. A true nothing. Physicist Edward Witten first discovered the bubble of nothing in 1982. While studying a vacuum with one extra dimension curled up into a tiny circle at each point, he found that quantum jitters inevitably jiggled the extra dimension, sometimes shrinking the circle to a point. Winton found that as the dimension vanished into nothingness, it took everything else with it. The instability would spawn a rapidly expanding bubble with no interior, its mirror-like surface marking the end of space-time itself. The instability of tiny dimensions has long plagued string theory, and various ingredients have been devised to stiffen them. Last December, Garcia Garcia, together with Draper and Benjamin Lillard of Illinois, calculated the lifetime of a vacuum with a single extra curled-up dimension. They considered various stabilizing bells and whistles, but they found that most mechanisms failed to stop the bubbles. Their conclusions aligned with Witten's. When the size of the extra dimension fell below a certain threshold, the vacuum collapsed at once. A similar calculation, one extended to more sophisticated models, could rule out vacuums in string theory with dimensions below that size. But with a large enough hidden dimension, the vacuum could survive for many billions of years. This means that theories producing bubbles of nothing could plausibly match our universe. If so, Aristotle may have been more right than he knew. Nature may not be a big fan of the vacuum. 
in the extremely long run, it may prefer nothing at all. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Charlie Wood's full article, How the Physics of Nothing Underlies Everything, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Explore math mysteries in the quanta book, The Prime Number Conspiracy, published by the MIT Press. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore. Also, make sure to tell your friends about the Quantum Magazine Science Podcast and give us a positive review or follow where you listen. It helps people find this podcast. Mm -hmm.